This is Radio Maria England, and we now present Awakenings, presented by Father Sam Randall. conversion. This is one of our more popular uh, broadcast programs and we're very pleased to, that you're here listening to us. And I have another wonderful guest, Mauro Janicelli. Um, he's an Italian from Roma, but um, he's actually based in London. Um, welcome, Mauro. Thank you, Father Sam. Thank you for having me here today. It's one. How long have you been in London? So um, now it's uh, a total of 15 years, approximately 15 years. Okay, so yeah, you're a wonderful city. Yeah, you're very much a Londoner. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I also have a passport now, so... Uh, you're, <laughs> British. you're a British, not a London passport, a British no, passport. a British passport, rather. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, so, uh, yes. How's COVID affected you? Well, uh, you see, uh, due to the nature of my work, which is very much from home, to be honest, for me personally, not much has changed. But yeah, I would love to have those dinner parties back in my life together with my wife. And we are ah, waiting for that. Ah. Uh, I expect you prefer Italian food. Well, not, not necessarily. I actually am very flexible food wise. So Good. it can be Italian or many other nationalities. I'm happy. Yeah, well. That's one of the delights of living in a city. You can access those sorts of things. Thank so, Mauro, it's so wonderful to have you. And you have an exciting testimony that people are going to hear. And um, so I'd like to invite you to begin, uh, because presumably your background is as, a, as a, a Catholic, as an Italian. But do tell us about your journey. Yes. So, uh, obviously, I've been, I was born uh, and bred in Rome. So uh, I was brought up as a Catholic and, uh, you know, as a teenager, I went to uh, all the, you know, uh, catechism as we all do in Rome. Uh, I received all the formation for the sacraments. Uh, I, I got all the sacraments back in Rome. And then, uh, um, so everyone does that back in Rome, in Italy. But basically, when I became 18, I uh, discovered the planet women so to speak so i basically <laughs> i basically wanted to have my relationships uh without the do's and don'ts of the church basically right. and 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 that and that was a problem because i was very much aware of the teachings of the church regarding uh you know chastity before Chastity. marriage and i I couldn't comply because I didn't want to. I, mean, I was 19, I was finding out you know, everything. So basically I, in conscience, I, I decided to, to leave the church basically. Uh, I, I stopped going to mass and receiving uh, communion because uh, I was living in mortal sin and I was aware of it. So for uh, about 10 years, I was you know, away from the sacraments and uh, I did my life, you know, and my normal life uh, as, I, as, I, as I pleased, basically, without the rules of the church. But uh, 
even during those years, I still had something inside me which told me that one day I would convert. Because you see, during those years, sometimes I would go to mass actually, but without receiving the sacraments. So something was there. It is as if I was, it is as if I was telling myself, you know, now I can't, but at some point I will. And I carried on like that for 10 years. Do you think that sort of honesty is unusual in knowing that you're doing wrong and um, carrying on, but still having a longing for God? That's a good question. You know, it's difficult for me to answer. Let's say that, uh, you see, I remember a friend of mine from Opus Dei, my dear friend Stefano, who once we were speaking and uh, I was explaining to him basically that I, I was aware to be mortal sin, but one day I would you know, stop this. And he really confronted me saying, that's even worse. You see it clearly. And yeah. yet you continue doing this, you know, and basically went on and on. And it, it did strike me what he said, but I was too much, uh, you know, my desire for what I was doing was too strong. And I, I just thought, you know, I'll carry on and then we'll see. Too deep in sin. Yes, I know it's weird, but that's that's how it went. Uh, just for our listeners, Opus Dei is a religious movement, isn't it? It's a, um, that lay people and priests and religious join. Yes, absolutely. It's a, a movement founded by a Spanish saint, uh, yeah. San Jose Maria Escriva, and it's, yeah. it's, it's extremely good in formation, for example, in in you know in uh, sanctifying yourself in your daily lay life. Do you think, Ario, that because you didn't have, um, you weren't part of a strong parish or a strong religious community, that this played into this disaffection from the church? Mm, to be honest, no, because at, the, at that time I was very much immature in all respects. And uh, as a as a 20 years old guy, all I wanted was to live my life doing, you know, doing what I wanted. So I wasn't mature enough to to enter right. this dimension, but I, I would be late. <laughs> okay, uh, now we want to know how God broke back into your life or you broke back in. Yes, so you see, uh, God used a strategy which uh, uh, works very often. So basically, when you are far from him doing your own stuff, etc., sometimes he might give you a cross or a problem to stop you, basically, to make you stop and think and this is what he did for me. He gave me a problem after graduate. I graduated in engineering and then I went straight into work in consultancy, IT, etc. And uh, when I was at work, I had uh, a strong problem of self-confidence. And uh, I saw this problem as threatening for my career and I couldn't solve it by myself. I was 27, uh, so it, we are talking about 23 years ago. Um, and uh, and uh, because I couldn't solve this problem by myself, all of a sudden I remembered that there was that there was a God I could pray to and ask for help. So uh, I began turning to God basically because I was really uh, in need of help and I didn't do anything by myself. So on that on on the summer of 1997. I decided to go to Lourdes for a one week long pilgrimage as a volunteer. I mean, as a volunteer, but in reality, I was going there for myself, to pray for myself. So I went with this uh, 
white train to Lourdes, it's something that uh, an organization that uh, is in Italy. And uh, while, while I was there, you know, caring for, catering for sick people, I was also praying for myself. And, uh, and I remember that one night I desperately wanted to be by myself in front of the grotto with Our Lady to pray and ask for help. But the problem is that, the problem was that, okay, during the day, the sanctuary was always packed busy with thousands of people and uh, at the time uh, after midnight or so they would ask you to leave the sanctuary until the following morning so I, I didn't have a way to really be by myself with Mary in front of the grotto so I decided to uh, uh, basically use a trick to remain by myself in front of Mary I basically when it was evening late evening I hid myself uh, beyond some bushes, nearby bushes, and uh, and I came out when it was one a.m. when the the place was empty and no one could and no one would ask me to leave. Basically, so I came out at one a.m. in the night, and I went in front of the grotto, and it was desert. It was just me, as exactly as I wanted, and for that whole night, I spent uh, I spent the whole night in prayer really begging God to help me. And I cried because then other things happened. It's not just that I was, you know, um, catering, I was praying for my problem. I also felt something else during that night. I felt that the Lord was somehow touching me. I was so happy to be there. At the same time, I was crying. I was crying for God. I was crying for myself. I, it's hard to describe that night. But basically then morning came and I went again um, to work with the others uh, like every day with the other volunteers, but I knew something happened, had happened. Something had changed. Yes, and the other thing I remember during that week, the final day of that week, there was a light torch procession where each one of us was pushing a wheelchair of a disabled person on it that we were, we were catering for. And I remember this huge procession, light torch procession, and I was crying, crying by seeing all this ocean of love around me. All these people that in the name of God were helping others really touched, touched me deeply. And so I left that week changed, basically. Uh, there was a seed was planted uh, inside me during that week. Um, did you not feel that um, after your night with the Lord, in front of the grotto, that you should talk to a, somebody, make your confession or share your experience? You didn't feel that sort of compulsion? Mm, not yet. The reason is that uh, as I see things now, you know, I was still very much into my sins, into my desire to be with my girlfriends, etc., uh, also in a sexual way, etc. So I wasn't ready at all to, to do that. But, you know, when the Holy Spirit uh, plants a seed in you, and this yeah. seed then grows, grows in the coming weeks and months and years. And this is exactly what happened to me. Um, I uh, What happened was that, uh, you know, a couple of years later, I actually came to England uh, for two years. This was before this uh, 15 years stay yeah. which I have now that was much earlier so I came to uh, uh, even back then I came to England to work in IT for two years and while I was here and I was doing all my things I was spending my evenings dancing salsa in uh, bars and clubs etc uh, 
when I would come back, when I came back, you know, home, even if it was 3 a.m., 4 a.m., etc., I would pray one Hail Mary every evening, uh, whatever I was doing, whatever I had done during that evening, uh, even if it was very late, I, I began without any reason to pray one Hail Mary every, every evening, and I did that for eight months. Wow. It is as if I had this seed planted in me, which was growing, 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 and it was having a slow but steady effect. And well, after, just to go back a bit, just for yeah. our listeners, um, one, one of the issues is, don't you think in people encountering God, they always want to get ready or they think they're not quite good enough. And they, and they feel, you know, if I, if I fast a few more days or spend more time praying then don't you think the one of the one message you've got from your testimony is that god will meet us where we are because you were yes. still in still in sin in a way weren't you you hadn't confessed but the absolutely. lord met you it, it's true isn't it the lord meets us exactly where we are absolutely this is what i experienced basically the mercy of god came to my rescue and was willing to wait and wait and wait while i was getting there to be ready you know, uh, if I, if we would reason, if if we reasoned in human terms, perhaps God would have said, "Okay, you know what? I've given you a chance. Goodbye." No, He didn't do that. He waited for me, and yeah. uh, and uh, while He was nurturing this seed that He planted, because I know He was nurturing it, and then uh, and then the the flower blossomed. It took three years after Lourdes, but. Uh, Three years after that, and uh, eight months uh, uh, after eight months of saying Hail Marys, etc., I came to a point where I said, "Okay, actually, you know what? I, I now must do this. I'm I'm 30 now. I, I imagine that I would uh, one day I want to get married in the church. How do I get married in the church if I live in mortal sin now? I, I can't." I can't, certainly I can't switch from one day to the next and get married and be without mortal sin. It needs to be a process. So I thought I must convert before, before even meeting the woman of my life. I must be on the right track now, before. And once I'm in, on the right track, then I can start this, you know, maybe looking for a woman, uh, a godly woman, etc., and be worthy of her as well and worthy of God, worthy of her. I mean, I'm, so I, I decided basically to change life. I decided to convert. I decided to uh, give up uh, pre-marital pre sexual relationships and to be chaste. And with this decision, I went, uh, I went to confession and I confessed to the priest uh, 12 years of sins. And, uh, and then I resumed my sacramental life. At that time, I had gone back to Rome. So we are talking about the year 2000. Uh, now I'm back in Rome in the year 2000. And I started the journey of faith in Rome. And I started going to courses, prayer groups, retreats, reading books. And I did that for five, six years, really growing, growing, growing in my faith, converted. And so that was the beginning of my journey in the church. So Mauro, is this a good a, a time to have a break and have your first um, song? Absolutely. Yeah, As David did. Now, why have you chosen this? Uh, it's by Marty J. Nistrom, isn't it? Correct. It's a charismatic yeah. song. Um, right. I love this song because it's very joyful, first of all, and uh, it speaks about the salvation history. So the, the song highlights different characters of salvation history, starting from the Old Testament, okay, uh, okay. 
Jacob, uh, David, Miriam, etc., and arrive into the New Testament where Jesus Christ comes to fulfill the Old Testament. It's like so a journey. Let, so let's listen now to As David Did by Marty J. Nistrum. Well, that was um, jolly. A uh, vaguely Jewish, would you say, uh, Maro? <laughs> I would say Catholic charismatic renewal, kind of. Yeah, song. okay. It is. <laughs> yeah, no. it's it's uh, the sort of music you love. Yeah, I like joyful music, but there are also other kind of songs, Christian songs, which I like. Like yeah. you will hear another one if you play it further in the second one. We will. Different style. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we're going to uh, play that. It's going to play uh, Tim Hughes at the end. So yeah. uh, that's exciting. So you've, you've actually reconnected with your faith and um, you're um, 
going to prayer groups, Bible study groups, learning about the faith as well. Just in case uh, listeners have joined us, um, this is you're listening to Radio Murray England. I'm uh, Sam Raddle, priest director, and I'm talking to Mauro uh, Yanicelli about his testimony. Um, about his journey back to, he's a, a, a you're a, a re, revert they call them don't they mario um not a convert a revert is that right oh, <laughs> possibly that's the right terminology yes so, revert, something like revert. that so, so uh, yeah mario's just telling us how he's um come back he's 30 come back to the uh, to the church gone to confession and begun his journey with god so do over to you mario yes so D- Yes, Father, tell me. Um, you tell us about some of these groups you are going to, uh, whether there are lay ecclesial groups, Opus Dei, like your friends group, or we're, we're interested in, in what sort of groups helped nurture your faith. Yeah, so initially, when I was still back in Rome after my conversion, I, uh, I went to a course called the Course of the Ten Commandments, uh, which is something that in Italy is really, really, really successful. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it was created by a great priest called Don Fabio Rossini, and uh, his course is now spread all over Italy. And uh, unfortunately, for the moment, it's only in Italian, but that was what really nourished me for the first uh, five, six years. And then, uh, and then I decided to come to London, and it was the year 2006. I came over here, and uh, over here, actually, I found uh, a very good situation, you know, for, you know, for the faith because I was able to join all sorts of prayer groups and retreats, and uh, I was very much nourished in this sense. And I began to develop many, uh, many relationships. Many, I, I made many friends, Christian friends here in London, and. Uh, I could have gone back to Italy actually at some point, but then I decided to stay for this reason, because being here in London, I had made so many connections that it was fun to be here really. Wow. And I was growing in my faith. And uh, so uh, you asked me about what community. So initially I joined the, the New Catechumenal Way, uh, right. which is a, a movement which comes from Spain. And this movement has the, Basically, you enter into a small community uh, and you journey uh, with them for years. Uh, you go through stages of growth in, you know, in the journey of faith through them. It's very much Bible-based. Uh, you read the Bible, you comment it, you uh, see how it spoke to you, and you really grow a lot um, by doing that. And then I joined another group called Soul Food, uh, which was a prayer group. It, it's a prayer group which... Uh, it's located in a central, in a church in central London. And again, they also nourished me very much. So I was nourishing myself with many different things. And not, not non-Catholic things as well as uh, Catholic things. So. Well, yeah, I actually, by being here, I heard that there was something very famous called the Alpha Courts. And I found <laughs> out that this comes from the, you know, from our Protestant brothers and sisters. Uh, in particular, the church Holy Trinity Brompton. So because it was so famous, I went to see why it was so famous, why what was so good about it. Uh, but I will speak to that about that in a moment. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, actually, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. I'll speak about it now because 
I didn't say one thing, that I always felt a very, very strong calling for evangelization, basically. Right. And I had this, I, I, I really wanted to do something to address this problem that the church worldwide is having of a declining numbers of faithful, you know, people, mm -hmm. many people live in the church. I find it heartbreaking. So I wanted to do something about it uh, somehow. So I decided to, one day I asked myself a question. I asked myself, why are there very few initiatives which seems to be exceptional, which works really well to bring people back to Jesus Christ and nourish them, and many others who, you know, do, don't do so well, so to speak. So I wanted to understand the secret behind the very few tools which had exponential, exponential growth worldwide uh, within a context of decline. So the rest is declining. Whereas there are very few things which are thriving and are blossoming and are very strong. And I said, why? I want to know why. I want to understand why. So because I, I, you know, I'm an engineer, I go a rational, rational frame of mind, I decided to uh, do an investigation, con conduct an investigation worldwide to research the top-notch evangelistic tools and understand why these are working while many others are working less well. So I began my research and I came across uh, at least four of these tools. And, uh, and then I wanted to experience them, to, to understand. So that's why I joined the New Catechumenal Way because of that, uh, the New Catechumenal Way was one of them. That's why I went to explore what the Alpha Courts was because the Alpha Courts was one of them with millions of people coming to the faith through the Alpha Courts. And then that's why I became involved with, with the third model called Parish Cell System of Evangelization. And that's why I also found the Bible Timeline Courts, which is what I'm teaching at the moment. I will speak about that later. So basically, this research brought me to familiarize with the top-notch models for evangelization. If, if you don't know, if you're just new to this, how would you describe what the Alpha Course is? So the Alpha Course is a course uh, where the principles of the Christian faith are proclaimed to you. So you are, new, you, are, you are unchurched and you need to know who Jesus Christ is and what the church is about, etc., so you go to an alpha course and the basic elements of the faith are given to you in approximately uh, 15 meetings. But right. the beauty of this model is that it's in two parts. So when you go to a session, first you have a teaching and that's okay. But then you have a, a part which is sharing in small groups. And that's essential because you are basically put in a small group of 12 people, 10, 12 people. Uh, and you journey with these 10, 12 people for uh, two months. That's the duration of the course. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there are questions which, uh, which you discuss in the small group. And these questions are designed to draw, draw, draw you out, so to speak. So basically, uh, they make you uh, come out of yourself slowly, slowly, so that you learn how to speak about God, about yourself in a certain way which is something that you would normally do in a secular setting. And so first there is the teaching and then there are questions about the teaching and it works really well. And you make new friends. So not only you encounter God, but you encounter new people 
while you are encountering God. So it's designed extremely well, basically. And how does it differ from the parish cell system? Well, the alpha course is, it starts and finishes. So it's only for two months and then that's right. it. Right. It's for the, the, the basic elements of the faith. Whereas the parish cell system and the new neocategorical way, uh, they make you journey for a lifetime with a community. So the, there is still the principle of small group or small community behind it, which is key. But in the case, uh, think of it, think that the, the Alpha Courts might be a start. Once you've, you've come to know Jesus through the Alpha Courts, then you need to be nourished every week for life on an ongoing basis. Otherwise, if you are not nourished on an ongoing basis, then you are, you know, if you don't eat, <laughs> you lose weight, you know? Right, so yeah. you need to be fed uh, constantly, weekly, for your entire life. And uh, this is what the, the parish cell system or the neocategorical way do. They nourish right. you, yeah. So the last one you mentioned, you've said a bit about the neocategorical way, of course, but the Bible timeline, um, are you going, uh, we need to know about that because this is something you're really leading on in London. Yes. So, um, I, actually, Father, do you want me to say something about um, me trying the priesthood? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to come to that, but I just uh, do you want to do that the, about the priesthood next, and then we'll go to the Bible timeline? Okay. Yeah, I, I so, think it flows better. Yeah. So you've got you've got this hunger for evangelism. It's being fed uh, wonderfully, and. Yeah. Um, so you're presumably going to a parish and you're in the Diocese of Westminster, I suppose, in, in London. And uh, what happens? So basically, as I was growing my faith, I, and I had this hunger for evangelization. I said, OK, maybe the Lord is calling me to be a priest. I should test this. And this thought wouldn't go away. And, uh, you know, it stayed with me for a few years, actually, Father. I'm cutting a long story short. But basically, when it was 2011, I decided to actually give it a go and apply for the seminary. And I did, and I, 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 ended, I basically entered the seminary in um, London in, for the Diocese of Westminster, Allen Hall in Chelsea. And I stayed there for four years in total. The first year was in Spain, in Valladolid, and then three years in London. And, uh, you know, I stayed there, discerned, uh, and, uh, uh, and the last of these four years was um, a pastoral placement experience for one year in a London parish, a very busy parish in Hounslow. And basically, it was during that year that I saw really the life in the parish, how it is, all the, I saw how priests are busy, very busy doing all sorts of things. It was a very, very, very positive experience for me. And, uh, but I also understood that uh, I wanted so much to evangelize, being like 100% of my time into evangelization, that I understood that uh, obviously the parish priest has also other callings. So, you know, administer the sacraments, uh, um, uh, you know, pastoral, uh, solving pastoral issues, you know, the liturgy, etc. And this part, I understood that this part of, you know, the liturgy, the, the sacraments, although I was leaving it because I received the sacraments, I didn't feel a strong urge to administer them myself. I still had this hunger for evangelization, but I, I realized that uh, 
the, the liturgical part of it, administering the sacrament myself, wasn't really what I was longing for. So I, 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 I basically thought, no, I want to be 100% of my time into evangelization. So uh, that's what I will do. And uh, so I decided, uh, obviously, after discernment and prayer, et cetera, spiritual director, et cetera, I basically decided to leave because I actually thought that the priesthood uh, wasn't specifically my calling. So I no. left. Yeah. Was that a difficult decision? I mean, well, yeah, uh, when you are in, because obviously you can't be sure. You, you simply do your best to yeah. follow God's will. And I did what at the moment really seemed uh, to me the best. And, uh, and I did it. And, uh, and, and then it turned out that it was the right decision because now I'm married. I, okay. I will say, we'll speak about yeah. that later. So you left in about 2016. Uh, yes, I left and uh, I, and I basically decided to go into evangelization as I you know as I was planning. And uh, and now I come to speak about the fourth of these tools which I found, the Bible timeline course. Okay. Um you see, um as a Catholic, I was very much aware of one problem which I was unable to solve despite all the courses and things I was doing. The problem was the ignorance about the Bible. You know, I, I, I knew a lot about the saints, about the sacraments, about theology, about this, about that. And when it came to the Bible, what's happening in the Bible? Do I know what's happening in the Bible from start to end, especially the Old Testament? No, I don't. It was really a mystery to me. And I, I, know, I, was, I was speaking to many people and, I, I knew that we all Catholics are in these conditions. I mean, most Catholics, let's say, yeah. very, the vast majority are in these conditions. Don't you think that at the seminary, they've got so much to do? I mean, there's so much in the course that, um, I mean, there is some Bible teaching, isn't there? Oh, no, wait a second. Um, actually, this, this thing that I'm telling you, uh, this reasoning that I'm giving you, I did that back in 2010, to be honest. Okay, before, 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 the before seminary. entering seminary. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. when once you are in the seminary, you are given courses Good. on yeah. the Old Testament, New Testament, the Gospels. So, so I knew uh, a lot because of Great. those courses. Yeah. But you, and the point is that do you need to go to the seminary to to know what's happening in the Bible? Okay. What about a normal person? which is 99% of us who can't take a degree in theology. Do you need to take a degree in theology to know what's, happen what's happening in the Bible? No, <laughs> it's impossible. In fact, there is uh, you know, a solution to this problem, which I found before seminary. I found it back then in 2010. I came across during my research, I came across this course called the Bible Timeline Course, which comes from America put together by Jeff Cavins, a man from Minneapolis in Minnesota. And this course actually was a complete eye-opener because it was devised to make the complex simple. Uh, it basically, like in short, Father, it divides the whole story in the Bible into 12 color-coded periods and examines uh, one by one these sequential periods and then you know the story. So basically, it's a principle of education. When you have something huge and difficult, you break it down into smaller parts. You understand the part by part, and then you see the big picture. So 
this course basically gave me the understanding of, his, of salvation history from Adam and Eve to Jesus Christ from start to end. And I thought, wow, this must be everywhere. I want, I want to really promote it big time. And this is what I'm doing at the moment. Wow. So um, basically, I, I, coming out of seminary, I put together uh, a ministry evangelization. Called, I've called it Come and See uh, Catholic Evangelization Ministries. And for some reason, uh, at the moment, I, I, I feel drawn to be 100% on this Bible timeline course. I'm teaching it. I've, been, I've taught it already four times in parish settings and recently online. And uh, I've got a website and the, the, the feedback of the students. Do, do, give, do give the your address of your website, Laura. So come and see, like one word, you know, when you say come and yeah. see, you know, so you say come and see dot org. Come and see dot Is uh, the Diocese of Westminster um, sponsoring you in any way? Yes, both uh, the Diocese of Westminster and Sadak have okay. kindly agreed to uh, publicize this course and they've sent an email to all parishes with the details of the course I ran back in November. And uh, we had uh, a total of 2,100 registrants uh, and, I, and I live streamed to them for nearly two months on YouTube, the whole course. Uh, we had 600 plus registrants from, from Westminster, 500 plus from Sadak. And then uh, many others from all the dioceses of the UK. For, uh, some dioceses we had uh, you know, 50 registrants, some 60, some 20, and then 200 from abroad as well. Wow. So it worked really well. And, uh, and now I want to carry on. I want to do more. I want to do, I really think that uh, this course, uh, I mean, if you read the, the feedback of the students on the website, you can really see that they say this course has given me the awareness, the knowledge of the big picture of the Bible in a way that otherwise I wouldn't have. No, the tools, yeah, the tools. Yeah. Now, um, just to, you you had, you had felt maybe a vocation to marriage, then you went into seminary, then then you came out and you're starting your evangelism. What yeah. happens? I know so, you meet a beautiful woman, so. <laughs> so at the time, um, this woman uh, was uh, well, my best friend. She, she's been, she had been a friend for many years. And uh, then I came out of seminary and, uh, you know, we started hanging out, hanging around together. Uh, we had a few friends, we had a group, etc. And we spent time together. And then slowly, slowly, I realized I like this person. You know, she has a heart for evangelization like myself. Her name, by the way, is Janet. And uh, so slowly I decided that uh, I liked her, <laughs> but I, I couldn't tell her. Well, you know, abruptly because, you know, she was my best friend. So I thought, how do I tell her now? So I basically, uh, this thing grew inside me, whereas uh, up to the point that one day I declared myself and she said, no, no, oh, we, no. we are friends. I, I can't, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, she wasn't really ready for this. She, she wasn't expecting this. So uh, she basically said no. And then I began you know, pursuing her relentlessly. And <laughs> I employed all my uh, te Italian techniques of pursuing women, which I learned many, many years before, <laughs> before my conversion. <laughs> you know, I okay. was pursuing her relentlessly and really courting her. 
And then slowly she, you know, she, she came around <laughs> and then she said, yes. And then we got together and then we got engaged and then we got married. And, uh, and now we are married. We, um, you know, we got married in, in 2019, in July. And it's wonderful. Uh, marriage is a wonderful vocation if you find the right person and she is. And I really thank God every day for her life, um, for, you know, for her. And Janet's working with you on your uh, uh, timeline, isn't she? Your, yes. Now, uh, Janet has worked for 20 years in the city, but uh, uh, due to the sudden growth of this ministry, I recently asked her if, you could, if, if she could join me full time in ministry, leaving her job. And, uh, and she said, yes, obviously we, we've discerned and prayed about it. And she said, yes, and she has just started. Yesterday was her first day of full-time work for, you know, for this ministry. And it's a wonderful adventure and we, are, uh, we can't wait to see how God, uh, what God will do through this ministry, basically. But it's a bit of a leap of faith, obviously, but uh, we've thought it thoroughly and we think we should, do, we should do it and therefore we've done it. Wonderful. Uh, so you would encourage people to do the Come and See course with you. When are you doing it again if they wanted to join up? So um, I'm doing the Bible timeline again, starting from the 7th of April, 2021, just after Easter. Okay. But prior to that, I'm actually offering a Lenten journey once per week um, from the 10th of February, every Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. Every Wednesday, I will, uh, I will offer... Uh, a meditation on the gospel, on the Sunday gospel that you are going to hear at Sunday Mass five days later, four wow. days later. So Wednesday, you, you receive a teaching from me on the gospel, and Sunday, you go to Mass and hear that gospel. And because of that, you, you, you will have a different experience at the Mass because you will know a lot about the gospel, about that, the word. Mass will be, you might experience Mass in a new way because of this. And all of this isn't just about gaining head knowledge or getting information, isn't it? It's about deepening our faith in, in absolutely, the Lord. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, there are many application questions during these teachings. Application questions mean questions which are not merely study questions about the text, but how does this passage apply to your life? So how is it God speaking to you right now because of this passage? Questions yeah. like these. And, um, because people don't read the Bible or aren't, uh, because it's so unfamiliar and perhaps a little scary, they're missing out, don't you think, in, in what the Lord may want to say to them? I mean, it's a way of deepening their relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. That's why I'm 100% on this Bible timeline course, because I think that the starting point uh, is that we have to know the story. We have to know salvation history to then enter the story. We are characters of salvation history. But how do we leave the story if we don't know the story? So the first step is that do a Bible timeline course, get the story right, be aware of what happens from start to end. And this will give you a hunger, really. I, I, all these people who were on the course, now they want the Bible. They've bought many Bibles, 215 Great Adventure Bibles from Jeff Cavins, they've bought. And, um, and they want to read it now. And uh, so that's, that's how they, they develop their faith. 
parishes can do the um, Jeff Cavins course, can't they? As well, I don't. I know he's probably now a, a rival. Oh. So if they wanted to, it. Yes, yes. Obviously, <laughs> the, the course comes in DVDs, and mm. uh, you know, you know, a parish can buy the DVDs, and they can do the course in this way. Uh, I want to offer it live uh, because I think there is added value in. Uh, giving it live, uh, it's live interaction. I ask questions, I ask the people to discuss while they're online, it's, it's, uh, and people love it, but you can do both ways. Uh, you can decide to do in both ways according to what you prefer. Um, we're hoping to get your voice, aren't we, on Radio Maria England. Uh, so let's hope uh, um, that that works because it's so exciting to meet people who are enthused about evangelism and wanting people to discover the love of God in Jesus Christ and to deepen their faith and their commitment. It's wonderful. Mauro, do you, have you got any last words for us before we come to your last song? Oh, okay. I... I simply a desire, I, I have a desire in my heart, which I want to share. I, I would love to see a revival in parish life. I would love to see parishes, which are evangelistic parishes, where every parishioner, well, or most parishioners become missionary disciples, meaning not people that just receive, but that at some point begin, begin to give you know to bring others to jesus christ that's what amen. i'm working for and i'd like to see that amen would you just pray would you like to pray for um yes. our listeners they Absolutely. might yeah thank you Absolutely. thank you father in the name of the father of the son and the holy spirit amen. amen so lord we thank you immensely for your bounty your mercy amen. for all of us and we thank you for this wonderful plan, salvation history, that you've devised for us, this cosmic rescue for humankind that uh, you've carried out through your begotten, only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon all of us so that we love you more, follow you more, and become better, better Christians, and we can bring others to the faith and ultimately to attain eternal life. We pray this Amen. prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you so much. Now, just before you go, um, your last song is by Tim Hughes, Give Us Courage. Why have you chosen that? Because it's uh, really about going out uh, and evangelise. It, 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 uh, there is a passage in the song which says, breathe, where, the, where the, the, the singer asks God to breathe his spirit into us and then uh, to go up to the ends of the earth. And that's what I, I would love every Christian. I would love to see every Christian doing. Wonderful. So Give Us Courage by Tim Hughes. Amen. Thank you. Yes. 
you for having me i just wanted to say uh once more that, you know my website if you want to join the bible timeline course on the 7th of april 2021 for eight sessions uh go on my website which is comeandsee.org you know one word comeandsee.org and you'll find everything there and uh, by tomorrow i will also have online all the details for the lenten meditations thank you very much for having me Thank you. Thank you, Mario. And uh, yeah, bl and bless you. And we at Radio Maria England are very pleased uh, to support this work of evangelism, this important work of evangelism that you're engaged in. May God bless you uh, in all you do. Amen. This life is only a journey.
you for joining Father Sam Randall with Awakenings. Awakenings is a live broadcast every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Frosting in God's building.